So you want to be an influencer? Look, I don't blame you. I wanted to be an influencer too. And now here I am. Look, I think a lot of people can be really judgy about the influencer or content creator career path. And honestly, I have a lot of complex thoughts about that that could probably warrant an entire own podcast episode to itself. But suffice to say for today that being an influencer is a legitimate career. It's maybe not as glamorous as it sometimes looks from the outside. And there's also a huge range of people doing this kind of work. I think a lot of us automatically think of the most famous up and coming TikTok people or vloggers on YouTube that have now graduated to going to Fashion Week or being in content for Vogue and other kind of traditional media outlets. But that's not the entirety of the influencer or content creator world. More and more, we're seeing the emergence of a content creator middle class, essentially a group of small business owners that are making a living on the internet with small to medium-sized audiences, and I would definitely consider myself a part of that group. I mean, as y'all can tell, I don't have millions of subscribers or followers, and Vogue is definitely not flying me out to Paris for fashion week, but I do have a sustainable business that employs several people and um, obviously provides an income for myself and allows me to live a relatively flexible lifestyle, the kind of life that I dreamed of having. So that's what being a content creator has done for me. And I think probably if you're listening to this podcast, that's the kind of thing that you are also hoping for out of becoming an influencer or content creator. A lot of us don't necessarily aspire to be the next Charlie D'Amelio or Emma Chamberlain. And that's good because TBH, it's very, very hard to do that. But if you're out here wanting to build a modest size audience that can generate brand deal revenue for you and, you know, maybe AdSense through YouTube so that you can have a more flexible lifestyle outside of a, you know, traditional nine to five job, then it is very possible. And it's something that you can work towards just like I did. I totally understand the feeling of seeing people on Instagram or YouTube or other social media platforms getting paid to essentially share their thoughts, opinions, their lives, their advice on social media. And I remember back in the day, always asking myself, how, how on earth have they managed this? It seems like such a dream. And over the past 10 years of creating content for the internet, I really learned the long way around so that you don't have to. So today I want to provide you with some clear initial steps on getting started as an influencer or a professional content creator so that hopefully it doesn't take you quite as long as it did for me. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or 1 million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. 
Welcome back to the Creator Club Podcast. Before we dive into all of my tips and advice for getting started as an influencer, I want to give a massive shout out to the reviewer of the week. The reviewer of the week is Gnomestead. This is from Apple Podcasts and the review is titled Inspired and they write, I'm a self-taught artist who teaches others and it has been so frustrating listening to other artists talk about how simple the steps are to being successful in their business, but never breaking down the marketing side. I'm so happy I found you. I've been listening to each podcast episode, taking notes and implementing them into my platforms, and I'm seeing so much growth. There were some months where I wouldn't see a single new subscriber, and this month using your tips, I've already hit my goal for the current month, mid-month. I definitely will continue to listen, and I'm so pleased with how you break down steps to help others understand how to successfully market their business. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. Seriously, these reviews mean the world to me because like I mentioned in the intro, it's taking me years and years to figure out some of the tips and advice that I share here. And so to hear that I'm able to make your journey a little bit easier and a little bit smoother just makes my heart sing. So thank you so much for that review. And if you have been listening to the creator club podcast for a little while and you haven't yet left a review on Apple podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. It's one of the biggest ways that you can help the show continue to grow and reach more people. You can also leave a rating on Spotify. And um, of course you can always share about the podcast on Instagram as well. And I appreciate all the hype from all of you who listen and support the show. So with that being said, let's get into how you can start working towards being a professional content creator or an influencer today. Okay, so if you want to start working towards turning this whole content creator thing into your job, then you need to start with the absolute baseline kind of foundation of it all, which is discovering your ideal audience, pillars, and niche. I've said it millions of times before, but I will just keep on saying it y'all before you can ever officially become an influencer, a professional content creator, whatever you want to call it, you need to at least have some sort of intentional direction. Even if you are in a lifestyle niche and you want to be a vlogger or something similar, you still need to determine who you are and who you're directing your content towards. Now I will say, as you're listening, you can probably come up with a few examples of people that you might follow who didn't necessarily do this. And this is especially true with the rise of TikTok because TikTok, it's kind of like playing the lottery in a way, like your videos could just randomly go viral and you might not be expecting it. So because of that, we've seen a lot of people kind of stumble into the influencer path because they had a few viral videos and then they ran with it. Now that's, you know, possible, but it's definitely not something that you want to bet on. And in my opinion, it's not necessarily the best way to actually grow an audience that's going to be truly dedicated to you and care about what you're doing. I think especially on TikTok, we see people with really inflated follower counts, and then they don't necessarily get that many views per video because they ended up getting followed for one video they did like a year ago, and their audience hasn't necessarily carried over from that. So all of that is to say, well, yes, you can probably come up with outliers of people who kind of stumbled in to their influencer fame. That's definitely not something that you want to count on. And so it's very important that you do a little bit of strategizing and determining what it is that you can actually offer an audience. And now I know a lot of you all listening will probably already be on the same page as me with this, but I do think it's important to establish this from the outset. 
A lot of people want to become a content creator or an influencer because of what they get out of it. And look, that is not something that I'm going to judge whatsoever. There is no shame in aspiring to a career because you know, it's going to be comfortable. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a job that pays really well and allows you to do something that you love. I think that's something that we all have, right? We want to be able to do work that feels good to us and that we get compensated well for. And so in your mind, you might be thinking, oh yeah, like being an influencer, that'll be such a great job and such a glamorous lifestyle. That's what I want to do. There's nothing wrong with feeling that way. I'm on the same page as you, but when you're considering how you're actually going to grow, how are you going to translate that into a real audience or community? That motivation alone is not going to be enough for you to grow an audience off of, because if you kind of present yourself and you go out there saying, it's my dream to be an influencer, like follow me on my journey to becoming a professional content creator. The fact of the matter is most people are not going to care about that. They're going to be like, oh, well, that's good for you. What about me? You know, when we're all on social media consuming content, we're all, you know, just by human nature, a little bit self-centered and we're consuming content because of what's in it for us. So therefore, if you want to be successful as a content creator or an influencer, you need to determine what is in it for your audience. Think about what your future potential audience is going to receive from getting your content. That is really the difference between people who are aspiring influencers forever and people who actually become full-time content creators is understanding what the audience gets out of it. Like I said, it's all well and good for you to dream of being a content creator. I don't judge that for a second. That's very valid, but it's important that if you actually want that dream to come to life, you understand what the people who are going to be following you are going to get out of it. Because obviously what you get out of having an audience is the satisfaction of being able to engage with people who appreciate your content. And then of course the livelihood of being able to, you know, have AdSense, do brand deals because you have that audience there. That's the value you get out of it as a creator. A lot of people go into it thinking about just that side of it, but it's also very important that you consider what is the value that the audience then receives for being a part of this relationship. So maybe they receive education about whatever niche you're teaching in. Maybe they receive entertainment. Maybe they receive inspiration or encouragement, whatever it is, figure out what value you're actually going to provide to your audience and then focus on how you can put that into your content. And of course, this is going to translate into what your niche is. Now I do things a little bit differently than most of the folks that you might watch or listen to regarding social media advice. I kind of have a different approach to coming up with your niche. So rather than just choosing your niche from a kind of generic list of categories, what I recommend is actually start by deciding on who your ideal audience is going to be. Who are the people that you want to be a part of your community? Once you know who you're creating content for, then you can figure out what topics they might be interested in. Doing it this way will help you go beyond just the basic content pillars that relate too heavily to a generic niche and end up feeling repetitive. And instead you'll be creating content that relates to the person that you're targeting versus just to a niche. Let's talk about an example so that hopefully I can give you a concrete sense of, of what I mean by this process of choosing your ideal audience rather than choosing your niche. So 
if you were, say, interested in like beauty and skincare, and maybe your first thought when you're kind of starting out on this content creator journey is that, okay, I'm going to choose a niche. So in this kind of like traditional way of just selecting a niche and then creating content within that topic, then you might say like, okay, my niche is the natural beauty niche. And therefore you might end up making your content pillars, stuff like natural beauty products, skincare tips and tricks, natural oils and their benefits, etc. You can see how like these are essentially just like subtopics of the natural beauty niche. And probably what this will lead to is your content will end up feeling a little bit cookie cutter and a little bit repetitive. And for you as a creator, it'll probably eventually start to get boring and it's not going to feel all of that interesting or relatable to your audience because it's kind of like you're just like the encyclopedia of natural beauty then it's not like you have like a you know a personality that's shining through that that's kind of what happens when you go this traditional route of choosing a niche first whereas in the structure that i kind of recommend if you first start by determining who your audience is you might find that your target audience is you know, women who are into natural beauty products, into minimalism, maybe they really are into sustainability and the environment, hiking, recycling, going to like those zero waste stores, that kind of thing. So if that's the kind of audience that you want to speak to, maybe you are kind of a part of that audience. Maybe you would identify as being a part of that group of people. And that's the kind of folks that you really want to speak to. Then instead of your pillars being only focused on natural beauty products, then you can actually find other things that might be of interest to that ideal person that you can talk about. So maybe you talk about like outdoorsy stuff and, you know, sustainable swaps and sustainable skincare brands, for example, then your niche would really be developed from those pillars or talking points. So then you kind of determine what your niche is based on that variety of content that's interesting to your ideal audience. I really like to recommend this structure because I think for the vast majority of content creators, it ends up being more sustainable and something that's more interesting to you because you're creating for a person, not just for the sake of like fulfilling a, a certain subject area or topic. And it's just going to fit better with people who are interested in like the lifestyle or like vlogging space rather than just being like an educator, for instance. But I also think if your goal is to be an educator because you want to be a coach or a consultant or a course creator, I think this approach also works really well because it's going to make you more relatable to your customer base. So to summarize this first point, just make sure that when you're starting out on this creator journey, you have a clear sense of what it is you're going to offer people. You don't have to be an expert. It's not like you have to be like an academic, you know, providing specific education. You don't have to, you know, have gone through like some kind of crazy transformation and then you're teaching other people how to do it. Everybody is going to have something that they can sort of speak to that either educates or entertains or inspires others. So just really consider what that might be for you and just really, really think what does my audience get out of this? Rather than just focusing on what you would get out of the equation of being a professional creator with an audience, because that's really what's going to help you start to grow. Okay. So the second stage, once you've established really at, at its core, what value you're going to offer your audience, the next thing that you need to do is develop a strategy and a system and then stick to it. 
really before diving into just like creating content and going down that road of becoming an influencer, it's really important to recognize that pretty much one of the most important characteristics of a successful professional creator is consistency. I mean, there's a lot of other things that are important, like, you know, being able to interpret, you know, audience insights and have a good sense of, you know, marketing strategy and being creative and following trends. All of that stuff is important too, but probably the most important thing is being consistent. And the way you're going to be consistent as a content creator is developing a strategy and a system. Your content strategy is essentially your framework or the structure that you put in place that will then guide what you put on your content calendar. Usually it's a repetitive structure that includes the formats that you know speak to your audience and that help work towards your goal as a brand. And by formats, I mean stuff like, okay, on Instagram, for example, reels, carousel graphics, photos, stories, those are different types of formats of content. On YouTube, maybe the formats that you would consider is like a vlog versus a sit down video versus a video essay or an explainer video. Those are the types of formats that you want to consider. And your strategy is going to be that repetitive structure of the formats that you know work that you want to implement again and again. The perfect content strategy needs to exist at the intersection of these three areas. What works towards your goals, what you like to make, and what you have time to create. If you lean too hard into one direction or the other, it won't be a sustainable approach. For example, if you focus too much on what your audience wants, but you don't actually love creating it, you're gonna very quickly become burnt out and not really feel like making content anymore. If you focus on what you love and your audience likes it too, but you just don't have time to make it, then you're never gonna be able to actually execute on that strategy and make it happen. So it's very important that the strategy that you plan exists at the intersection of those three areas to make sure that you can balance all of your priorities and put together a strategy that's going to be sustainable for you in the long term. If you want a little bit of help developing your sustainable content strategy specifically for Instagram, I actually have a freebie that's called the Sustainable Instagram Strategy Planner. It's a fully interactive notion template that you can grab if you go to katiesteckley.com/sustainable. I'll also have it linked in the show notes, but it's totally free. Just uh, enter your email address. I'll send you the link to the notion template, and then you can go ahead and start building your unique sustainable strategy. Now a content creation system is a habit or a routine that you can return to in order to stay consistent with your content creation. You have to create a system that will realistically work for you long-term so that you can be consistent and avoid burnout. This could be batching your content on a monthly or weekly basis, or maybe even posting a few days of the week on the fly, if that's what works for you. But it has to be a planned out system that you know ahead of time will work for you based on your current obligations and availability. If you go into posting without a plan like this, it will be very easy to just forget, to miss a day, or to get overwhelmed with the other stuff going on in your life. So make sure you think about what your content creation system is going to look like. Once you've got that system and that strategy in place, it is time to create your content calendar. A content calendar is essentially a list of content ideas or concepts 
that are organized chronologically in a calendar or maybe a spreadsheet. These are the specific fully formed ideas of exactly what it is you're going to post on a given day. So for example, if you're creating an Instagram content calendar, this will include the ideas that you have, let's say for like your reels. And that will include like the audio you're going to lip sync to, or the training audio you're going to put in the background or the voiceover that you're going to record or the different shots that you're going to get. It's going to include a complete list and description of what these posts are going to entail for YouTube. You know, it might include a script and thumbnail concepts and title ideas. So these are like the detailed, complete ideas of what you're going to post and then taking your content calendar, you then actually go into production and create those pieces of content. Now there are four main steps that you can take when trying to come up with the ideas to put on your content calendar. This is one of the biggest areas that a lot of new content creators struggle with. Chances are when you first dive in, you're going to have a ton of ideas that you're super excited about producing, but then maybe a couple of months in you're sort of like, Oh gosh, what do I post? So these are my methods for coming up with new content ideas. One check for audience feedback. So I personally will take a look at comments on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and check if there are any themes that I can find that are kind of recurring or any frequently asked questions or suggestions for topics I could cover. If you see your audience frequently asking about a similar topic, then that's a really good indication that the content that you make about that would probably be really well performing content. Number two, review your analytics. Stats can be super helpful because they show you what you're doing that has already been successful. All social media platforms have an option to view analytics or insights. So I really recommend whatever your platform of choice is, getting familiar with that internal insights application and figuring out how you can kind of translate what those numbers are into what your audience is looking for. And number three, find trends. You can find a few trending reels or YouTube videos and based on that, let them inspire some fresh content ideas that fit well with that trend. Overall, it's important to take all these three different inputs and then put your own spin on it and figure out what, you know, you feel inspired to make or what you're interested in making. Because if you, again, lean too hard into just these inputs, you'll end up focusing your strategy too much on what the audience is looking for and not enough on what you are excited about making. And sometimes the ideas that just come to mind because you're interested or passionate in talking about them can, you know, often be the, the top performing content. I found that sometimes it's not always just based on what your audience is asking for. Sometimes you need to lead the way and be creative and, you know, your audience might end up loving it, even if they didn't really know that's what they wanted. But these are just some areas where you can go to kind of get that inspiration, get those wheels turning for coming up with ideas for your content calendar. My next suggestion for you on your influencer growth journey is to get comfortable with short form content. Posting reels or TikToks isn't the only way to make it as an influencer, but in general, if you're wanting to grow on social media and eventually secure brand partnerships, you might want to start working towards getting comfortable with short form content. Short form videos are easy to digest, engaging and discoverable. Because of these things, reels and TikToks can be a really great way to grow your brand by educating, inspiring, or entertaining your audience, showcasing you or your business's personality and values, and highlighting what sets you apart from the rest. Seriously, reels and TikToks are one of the best ways that you can get discovered um, outside of YouTube. Obviously, when we're talking about video content, 
TikTok is probably one of the biggest places where if you like post consistently, you can quickly build an audience. Reels are also really great for this. And then of course, I am a big fan of long form video content on YouTube. That's another really great way to build an audience because all of these different formats are quite discoverable. And at the end of the day, the influencer landscape right now is definitely leaning towards video. That's kind of what brands are looking for. So if you want to eventually secure some brand deals, definitely work towards gaining those video skills. Okay, we have established who your ideal audience is. We've created your strategy and your systems. You're getting a content calendar in place and you're getting comfortable on video. The next step that I want to suggest for you is to start focusing on really building your community. Yes, growing your brand and seeing your insights on the up and up might give you that dopamine hit you've been craving, but more importantly than just the likes and the follower growth is building your community. Even if you have a large audience, that doesn't mean they trust your advice because you maybe haven't spent the time building up that trust. No matter what stage you're at in your content creation journey, building relationships with your community needs to be your number one priority. You can do this by, first of all, replying to all of your comments and DMs, especially when you're just getting started and you have a reasonable amount of messages to get back to. I highly recommend doing this, of course, within reason. Sometimes I get asked by people, do I really need to reply to this message? It's kind of like a creepy message from this dude who's coming on to me. No, of course, if you're getting harassed in your DMs, my friend, do not reply to that. But if you are getting comments and messages from people who are interested in your content, definitely take the time and have that conversation with them. It's important to show your audience that you're there for them and that you think of them as more than just a number on your follower list. Again, this goes back to what I was talking about in our very first point, and that is understanding what value your audience gets out of it. Nobody wants to feel used. Nobody wants to feel like that you only want them as a follower because it means that you can make more money. It's just a gross feeling. So make sure that you show your community how much you care about them by interacting on an individual basis. And as you grow, it might get more challenging to respond to everyone, but that's why stories are so important on Instagram. Posting on your Instagram stories is a way to speak directly to your audience. It's about building relationships with the folks who are already following you. And trust me, this is where your followers are going to start to feel the most connected to you, especially if you get on there and like post selfies or videos where you're talking to the camera. Stories give you the opportunity to share more about yourself as a person outside of just the branded version of yourself or your business that you might share on your feed. This also will help you when you grow and you're not able to respond to everyone anymore. You can tell your audience about how much you appreciate all their DMs or their responses, and you can do your best to get back to as many as possible. And that way, if somebody doesn't get a response, they will know that you're trying, or maybe you like reply to a similar question that they had on your stories, that sort of thing. It's a really great way that you can continue to build that personal relationship in a more scalable way. You can also encourage your audience to speak to each other. This is a really important component of growing a strong community that's gonna have that longevity. If you checked off that first step on the list and have that ideal audience in mind, most likely the people following you are very similar like-minded people and would probably get along with each other as well. So encourage your community to bond with one another, not just with you. 
at the end of the day, the end user, so your follower or your subscriber, they are the most important piece of your content creation puzzle. And you always need to have your priority on your audience, how you can serve them, how you can make them feel appreciated and how you can provide value to them. Now, finally, the last step in this journey that I want to leave you with is to build your portfolio and start pitching to brands. If your goal is to be a full-time influencer, I'm guessing then you obviously want to make money doing it. So it's important to build up your portfolio and start pitching to brands. You really need to start seeing yourself as a business. And I think that is one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of influencers make, especially the folks who kind of blow up on TikTok accidentally and all of a sudden find themselves as an influencer. They aren't necessarily, you know, entrepreneurs by nature. So this is where a lot of people can kind of lose out on turning this into a career. You need to start taking this seriously and conducting yourself as a professional. And this is how you can start doing that. And here's the secret. Your portfolio is really just your social media platform. If you're on YouTube, it's your videos. If you're on Instagram, it's your feed. That's why it's so important to have brand consistency because a potential brand that might want to sponsor you is going to look at your platforms and see what that quality is, what your content looks like and how well you might represent their brand in your content. But your portfolio also goes beyond just how it looks. It's also about your engagement and your analytics. So make sure you're focusing on creating high quality, high value content. So it has the best opportunity to grow. And this is really the awesome part of it. Working towards getting those brand deals. It's the same exact effort that you put in on working towards growing your audience. Kind of it overlaps there because you want to create great content that has a high engagement rate because you want to grow your audience. And that's the exact kind of results that brands want to see. So once you start feeling pretty confident in your portfolio, it's time to reach out to brands. Of course, if they haven't started reaching out to you first, I recommend reaching out to smaller brands when you're in the growing stage, as it will give you a better chance of securing the partnership. Obviously, if you're brand new and you have like a thousand followers and you try to pitch like Nike or Lululemon, you might have a hard time with that. These are massive brands that are working with like essentially celebrities. So you might want to niche down a little bit. Think about kind of the smaller to mid-sized companies that you could work with. I'll be honest, I don't necessarily recommend reaching out to like small, small businesses because chances are they won't have a budget for it. Um, and I think that especially lately on TikTok, I've been seeing small business owners feeling a little bit taken advantage of by, you know, up and coming influencers that try to ask for like free product or to get paid to do brand deals. So just be reasonable about who you think will genuinely have a budget for this kind of thing. And especially if you're pitching a brand, make sure that you really do love their product. It's really, you know, you want to have used it before because otherwise it really does just seem like you're trying to get something out of it. So I recommend starting thinking about who you're going to pitch to based on who you would actually just genuinely recommend whether or not you were getting paid to do it or receiving free product to do it. I also recommend developing a media kit that lists all of your important stats. So like the demographics of your audience, your rates for various kinds of content and some details about your brand. This is essentially the resume that you're sending along with your portfolio. So make sure it represents you well. 
Now, if you're specifically wanting to become a professional Instagram content creator or an Instagram influencer, I highly recommend checking out my brand new signature course, the Instagram roadmap. It is your complete guide to the journey from uncertain and overwhelmed to confident and excited about Instagram. I will have it linked in the show notes if you want to learn more, but you can also find it at the Instagram roadmap.com. I've really put my heart and soul and all of my experience in growing on Instagram into this course and I can't wait for you to check it out. So take a look at that if you're interested, but otherwise I hope that you found today's episode helpful on your journey of becoming a full-time influencer and I wish you all the best and I'll catch you in the next episode.